This morning, believe it or not, you made a choice. When that alarm clock went off this morning, you made a choice to either listen to it or send it across the room. You made a choice if you were going to attend today. You could have stayed home. It's always, isn't it amazing how comfortable the bed is early in the morning? But you made a choice. As I was driving in this morning for church and I was just looking around, I also was seeing individuals that also had made choices. Some were putting ice in the coolers of their boats. Others were doing projects around the house. You know, we all make choices every day, every moment. You're going to make a choice where you're going for lunch. Now, maybe that choice is not life-shattering, but I guess maybe depending where you go. But uh, uh, you make a choice. Have you ever stopped and thought how God made us? God made man a free moral Agent. In other words, he made us a free agent. We can decide, we can make choices in our life and what we can do. As we think about that, we are reminded of what Adam and Eve and the choice that was before them of eating of the fruit. But they made a choice. And I know we could say, well, preacher, we could discuss it. But they made a choice to disobey God. We find where in the Old Testament, we also find the book of Joshua. And the people of Israel were at a time, were they going to move forward or were they going to stay where they were? But, you know, think about that. What did God call them to do? He called them to go into or brought to them the promised land, something new. And they were debating if they were going to do what God wanted them to do. And what did Joshua finally say? Joshua finally said, choose this day whom you will serve. They had to make a choice. Are we just going to stay? Well, you know, it's kind of comfortable over here. You know, and, you know, there's giants over there. And I think I'll just stay put. Because, you know, we all, we like change, don't we? (laughs) Choices. Then I think of the prophet Elijah. And I think of what he was facing there in 1 Kings in chapter 18, and how Ahab and others were showing what the prophet of Baal could do, what they thought he could do. And Elijah was bold enough to say there's only one true God. And he forced them to make a choice. He demanded a decision. He demanded from them a decision if they were going to serve the true God or their false God. We also find in the New Testament in John chapter 1 where our Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture says, he came to his own. In other words, as he came to this earth, he came to his own. And as we read through the New Testament, people chose to reject. You see, in everyday, in everyday life, we've got to choose. We've got to make a choice. And right now, in our lives, we have made certain choices. And those choices will determine where we will spend eternity. Because something 
by our churches, something that we're doing by the choices that we are making determines that. In Romans chapter 6 and verses 15 through 23 that we're going to look at in a moment, we have some choices to make. And so in Romans chapter 6, I want you to look with me beginning with verse 15. It says, what then? Should we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? Absolutely not, Paul said. Don't you know that if you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of that one you obey, either of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But thank God that although you used to be slaves of sin, you obey from the heart that pattern of teaching to which you were handed over. And having been set free from sin, you became enslaved. You became, okay, lost my place. Where was I? 18, thank you. You became enslaved to righteousness. If I'm using a human analogy because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you offered the parts of yourself as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater lawlessness, so now offer them as slaves to righteousness, which results in sanctification. For when you were slaves, So when you were slaves of sin, you were free with regard to righteousness. So what fruit was produced then from the things you are now ashamed of? The outcome of those things is death. But now, since you have been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your fruit, which results in sanctification, and the outcome is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In this passage of Scripture, it reminds us that we have choices to make. One of the first choices that we have in life that it talks about, and maybe you find this strange, but it talks about the choice of slavery. Now you say, well, Brother Frank, we're, we're not in that era, but, but in verse 15 we are reminded How in our life we're going to choose either to stay in sin, to live our life in sin, or we're going to choose to live for God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We have to make a choice. We're reminded in John chapter 8, verse 34, it says, If we yield to sin, we are servants to sin. So if we yield to our sinful life, which we all have, then what does it say in John? It says we are servants to sin. We are servants to sin. And if we give our life to Christ, then we are, the Scripture says, sons of God. And so this morning, we're either living our life in sin and staying in sin, and we are servants to sin, or we are sons of God because we've given our life over to Jesus Christ. So we have to make a choice. Then we have to ask ourselves, who's in control? In verse 16 that we just read a moment ago, it says, Don't you know that if you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of that one you obey? And 
Did you see that? The one who, who are we obeying? Are we obeying the sins or Satan in sense of what he is telling us to do? Or are we listening to our Lord? In other words, we have to make a choice. Who is in control of your life? Now, I just saw some of you look at your spouse, but besides that, who is in control? It's either what? Either Satan is in control because we have allowed the sins of this world to consume us, or our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are either, we're making choices and we are following, we're following something or someone, but has there been a change in your life? In verse 17 that we read just a moment ago, it says, But thank God that although you used to be a slave of sin, and I hope everyone here used to be, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching to which you were handed over. In other words, has there been a change in your life? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'm not saying just walk the aisle. To me, it's much more than that. Where you pray and ask Jesus Christ, has there been a change in your life? Are you part of the family of God? And then for us to realize that this new life in Christ is that we are looking to our Heavenly Father for the guidance that we need in life. Now, can you see where our world is today? Who is in control? Now, as we look overall, I firmly believe God is still in control. But we look in personal lives in our, in our own nation who are we allowing to be in control of our life? It's where we need to stop and think. And we also need to see that we will never be complete until we look what the Lord is trying to do in our life. In verse 19, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, I speak with words easy to understand because your human thinking is weak. At one time, you gave yourself over to the power of sin. You kept on sinning all the more. Now give yourself over to being right with God, like living and to do his work. Are we ready to give up that life of sin? What has that life of sin done for you? It's only taken you farther away from God. Or do we want to allow ourselves to grow closer to him? See, separation. If we choose to continue a life of sin, it is a life that will separate us from God totally. Totally. If not in Christ, then we're what? We are slaves to sin. You see, we're either one or the other. I know some of you say, well, preacher, I'm stuck in the middle. No, you're one or the other. You're one or the other. Separation. If one remains a sinner, that person has made a choice. And so we're deciding. In our lives, we sometimes look back and we wonder, and sometimes we come to that question, well, where am I? Well, if we stay in a life of sin, if we live in sin, 
it will produce many things. And you say, well, I, I, I didn't know that. Well, two, of, two things that living a life in sin will do. It'll bring shame. Think about it. And it'll bring death. That's what sin will do. But as we read on in the scripture, we see there in verse 22, it says, But now since you have been set free from sin, free from sin, and have become enslaved to God, you have, you have your fruit, which is the res- results in sanctification. You have been sanctified by the Lord. You have been set free of your sins. You are a servant of God. You have a fruit unto holiness. You have everlasting life. You have the promise of God. And let me tell you, that is something. So this morning, why do you think think that not everybody why is it why 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 aren't people why aren't people Christians you'd think man that would be the easy choice verse 23 you know this verse for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus the choice of salvation why why won't we choose the saving love of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if we allow sin, the cost of living a life in sin is eternal separation from God. That's not me making that up. That's what God's Word says. Unless the man's name is in the book. Now, this is, Brother Preston and I have fun with this. The book. You know, all Southern Baptist churches have the church role, the membership role. This week, I was looking at our updates, and Preston, any idea how many people are on our church role? Yes. More. 705. 700. Yeah, look around, Preston. 705, and many times when I see those numbers, because it used to be 600 and something, I go, I've been here 26 years, and I haven't seen those, all of those people, President. They're dead. They might be. <laughs> One way or the other. And I know, and I'm joking here, I know we place a lot of emphasis on, on the church role, and, and you know, th- there's a place for that. But guys, there's a book that our Lord has called the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's the book you should be concerned about. Because if your name's not in that book, you will be eternally separated from God. Now, you might say, well, preacher, do y'all send that church roll up to heaven? Well, let me tell you, it won't help you. You could have been a member for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. You might have checks by your name. It won't help. Because how did you get in that book? The book called the Lamb's Book of Life. Not by recommendation from the pastor, no. How do you get there? There's only one way. And that is to give your life to Jesus Christ. I know people say, well, what about church membership? Hey, that's great, but 
Giving your life to Jesus Christ is the most important thing. It is a promise from God. It's a gift of eternal life that he loves us and he gave his son. And it is a gift that keeps on giving. Ephesians says, for you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. We've got to make choices. You, each Sunday, make a choice if you're coming to church. You, each week, each day, make a choice if you're going to read God's Word. Each day, you make a choice if you're going to pray and follow the teachings of Christ. And you see, life or death lies within the power of your choice. The life of sin... Everlasting life with our Heavenly Father. Your choice. This morning, have you made that choice? Because if you've never made that choice, maybe today's the day for you to make that choice. But let me warn you one other thing. You think, well, preacher, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Let me tell you something about waiting. If you wait and you die during that waiting, you will go to hell. Not because of me, because you've never made a decision for Christ. This morning, choices. Does little choices add up? Sure they do. My mouth today is very dry, and I'm thinking of all the sweets I had yesterday. Choices. Choices. That's small compared to where one will spend eternity, isn't it? That's a big choice. Let's pray. It's gracious heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word and, Lord, how you've given us choices. Lord, I am grateful, but, Lord, I pray that we would see the seriousness of these choices of choosing a life for you living a life for you, praying like our life depends upon it, giving like our life depends upon it, showing others about Jesus Christ like our life depends upon it, choices. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, I pray if there is one, that they would give their life to you today. In your son's name, amen.